Hi, Pete. How's it going, man? <laughs> I still like to establish who's who. <laughs> I think it's important. Hello, Adam. How are you today? Well, I'm just fine. My throat's a little sore. Oh, that's too bad. It's okay. I got, I got like an Arizona iced tea with green tea and ginseng and honey in it, so I think I'm going to be fine. Oh, yeah. You, you, you'll be okay. It's, it's stocked full of, like... <laughs> Ancient Chinese secrets. <laughs> oh, God, no. Um, what if it's a Japanese green tea? Still, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make the entire um, land of uh, Japan angry at me, but uh, a lot of their stuff they stole from China. You know, we're really big in Japan, and so a statement like that could be very controversial amongst our listeners. I think the statement that we're that we're big in Japan might be controversial amongst our listeners. I'm pretty sure we can just count on the fact that we're no longer welcome in in Japan. Well, I'm largely unwelcome in Japan because of the fact that all their food would cause me to die of anaphylactic shock. So I I, I feel like they've already you know made their case. <laughs> they've made their choice. Yeah, I mean Japan. I love I love your cultural exports, but I can't go to your country. Can it, is it just like an atmosphere of of shellfish that would cause you to all all fishes uh, most things that most things that have spent their life dwelling in water? Wow, snails? Yeah. Not snails, but snails aren't aren't necessarily aquatic. Uh, I guess that's true. And I said most things that that means that I have wiggle room on this. <laughs> Today's episode is not brought to you by Haywire, directed by Steven Soderbergh. And starring Gina Carano, uh, Channing Tatum, who I ref- will henceforth affectionately refer to as Shea Butter. Can, um, we put, uh, can we put starring in, like, quotes, maybe? Yeah, Gina Carano is in this whole movie. And then uh, just, like, unfortunate. five actual actors. <laughs> so many, so many, it's... <laughs> Kind of uh, just show up you know for half you know an what? Finish, uh, you, you finish, finish saying who's in the movie, and then we'll, then, then we'll start talking about it. Co-starring, I don't know, also ran, I guess would be another way to put this. <laughs> doing, all the, doing all the heavy lifting. Bill Paxton, Antonio Banderas, Michael Douglas, and that little kid whose name I can't remember. He's not even a little kid. He's just... What? Little kid? The guy in the car. Oh, yeah. He's and a, uh, Michael, Fass, Michael Fassbender. Oh, Michael Fassbender, of course. Yeah, he's a total badass. Yeah. Except for he hit a woman in this movie, and that makes me feel bad. But then she kicked his ass. And murdered him. Yeah. Yeah, she she murdered him really good. She (laughs) strangled him out. Well, anyway. She murdered him hard, man. (laughs) That was some some born supremacy grade beating German guys to death with a magazine kind of shit right there. I've only ever seen the first Bourne movie. So. Oh, you should you should see the rest, and they're worth I, it. I want to. I just I ain't got around to it yet, and they're they're not on Netflix, so uh, yeah. I have to I have to I have to like make some kind of actual effort to see them. Uh huh. So, what did we think of this movie? What did you think of this movie? I I think oh. I liked it more than you did. But I I think that's that's probably a safe bet. All right. <laughs> um, I didn't hate this movie, but I did not. Also, I did not like this movie. Okay. So fair enough. But the, the the comparison to the Bourne movies is um, is well made. Here's here's what it uh, here's what it felt like. It sort of felt like 
I, I think I see what Soderbergh was trying to do here. I think what he was trying to do is make a, ver- a very, quote-unquote, realistic action movie. You always see what Soderbergh is trying to do. <laughs> it's not like he's being suspect. respect <laughs> about it, no. Um, and he wanted to use a lot of filters, but... Uh, Fuck the filters. <laughs> I didn't really mind those that much, but it might have been the, the fact that I was distracted by what the hell movie. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, I see what he. I, I think I get what his project was—that he was like, okay, I want to make an action movie that's that's re, that's fairly realistic in its in its depiction of action and uh, like and fighting instead of you know how it's normally depicted in action films, which, as it turns out, is depicted that way because the other way is kind of boring. Yep. Um, the the I, I felt like, uh, and I've only seen the Bourne Identity, so I felt like the Bourne Identity was doing a very similar thing where it wanted the action to all be like at least plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, which it was really good at right up until that last scene where Matt Damon rode a guy's corpse down a stairwell while shooting people. And yeah. that's when it went off the rails, but it was the last five minutes, so it was like, fine, whatever. It's it's a subtle crescendo all the way through the three movies. Like, Second Act Violence and Born Identity is, is uh, much more realistic than second act violence and board supremacy. And then if you think riding a corpse down the stairs was a, <laughs> an, an interesting third act choice, then you're in for a wild ride, my friend. I would have felt like that was an interesting third act choice in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. But <laughs> it would have been a little bit uh, more likely, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, yeah, but the thing about the born identity um, compared to um, this movie is it's actually a movie with 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 somebody who can act in it, and it, you know, doesn't have pacing issues, and it has more than like four action sequences in its in its uh, runtime. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like the action sequences that are, are, exist in this film um, are fairly good, uh, and I also like the uh, couple of sequences where she's. Uh, you know, escaping from people because I like that kind of thing. The Dublin chase scene is a lot of fun for me. It's it's it's, it's really good. It's just that there's a lot of um, it, it just when I when I finished watching it, I was like, well, I'm sure there was an action sequence every X amount of time, but it just feel felt like there weren't that many, and the the rest of the film was really flat. Now, okay, because the last movie we talked about was Speed Racer, uh, <laughs> and I think we can all agree that Speed Racer, uh, as we've discussed has, you know, dialogue that is that is not really there to set your world on fire. But good lord, I will put any line of Speed Racer dialogue up against any line of dialogue in this movie, and, and, and I think the dialogue in Speed Racer will at least come off as less perfunctory. For uh, God's sake. I found out the definition uh, of value added before watching this movie, like just before. It's one of those things where you never hear a word and then you hear it and you're like, what the fuck does that mean? You look it up and then you hear it all the time. All right. And then there's that scene in the hallway with you and McGregor, who I didn't mention in the credits. Oh, yeah. <sighs> because you just forget that these people are in this movie. It's not even that. Like, Ewan McGregor has become a very forgettable actor. But I want to talk about that later. I get him confused with Jude Law all the time, but then I realize, like... <laughs> well, that's understandable. The performance was actually good, so it must have been Jude Law. That was unnecessarily harsh to Ewan McGregor. No, 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 I feel no. bad about that. No, Ian McGregor's been phoning it in for, for like a decade. Yeah, like since train spotting. More or less. Some somewhere in the train spotting era anyway. I don't know. I, I don't know what his deal is. I think Yeah, anyway. Well we we, we can talk about this, but I certainly no Alec Guinness. He, no, but I mean, those Star Wars movies are certainly no Star Wars movies. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a two two podcast series about each trilogy. I think it will be scathing. 
<laughs> it would be, be terrifying. Um, there's that scene with Michael Douglas and Ewan McGregor in the hallway with Antonio Banderas just standing there. <laughs> well, I think Antonio Banderas more or less got paid to stand there and eat strawberries in this movie, did he not? I can't answer the phone. The woman's mouth. I don't know. I don't know why this movie is. That, okay. I don't know how these people came. They're not even in the production credits. Like, uh, it's not like they were like, yeah, we're making this movie and we'll just show up for a couple of the parts. I think they wanted to go to Barcelona. Like, but most of them weren't in Barcelona, so I don't even know. I don't even. <sighs> anyway, okay, my, Michael Douglas has this line where he goes, he's he's trying to convince Ewan McGregor to put Mallory Kane on the on the job. Yeah. And he goes, Mallory Kane is value added, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's not even, that's, that's not yeah. the right way to say that. Perfunctory. It's not, like, you're just. This movie had like a first draft, maybe. <laughs> it's like, uh, Michael, my, it's, I literally think that the, the script for this movie, and it's a Soderbergh movie, so maybe it is largely improvised. Uh, the script for this movie more or less went, uh, Michael Douglas, uh, Antonio Banderas, and, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, whatever the, Ian McGregor, uh, stand in a hallway, talk about some stuff. Uh, things get really hairy. Action, uh, improvised action sequence with Michael Fassbender. Uh, Antonio Banderas says shit. And. Yeah. I think it was written on a napkin. I think the worst the worst moment of dialogue for me is when Michael Fassbender meets Carlo, or Gina Carano. Yeah. Carlo I wanted Gugino. to say Carla Gugino. I wish he, I, that would have been a better movie. Anyway. <laughs> and, and Carla Gugino could have been like her stunt double. You mean Carla Gugino? No, 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 no. Carla Gugino would have been the actress. Gina Carano. Gina Carano would have been the stunt, whatever her name is, would have been like the, would have been doing the fight scenes from like behind or something. See, she didn't do an awful job acting, but she, uh. No, she didn't do an awful job acting, but she did not, also didn't do a good job per se. But she, she did, uh, she did, uh, a, uh, high school, uh, one man play. Uh, level job of acting. She, no, wait, she didn't emote that much. Well, well she, her character is really hard-boiled, so I don't think it's possible for her to emote that much. <laughs> no, but uh, the things that they ask her to say, it's, she's, she's more or less okay when she's just saying things, uh-huh. like, like a normal person, because everybody <laughs> should be able to do that, uh, unless they're like, you know, have zero ability to act. Like everybody should at least be able to just, you know, say hello on screen and, and, and have it come off as this. Yes. Okay. I believe you said hello. Excellent. Let's move on. Um, it's when, when they occasionally try to make her have badass dialogue <laughs> that, that she does not seem comfortable with it at all. The, okay. There's so many things here. First of all, uh, let's get back to the worst dialogue in the movie, which is when, um, uh, Magneto meets up with Gina Carano in the Dublin train station, which I, I, I was predisposed to like that scene because I've been to that train station and every time there's a place in a movie where I've been, I'm like, ee, yay. And then he shows up and he just looks at her with this <laughs> animatronic smile. <laughs> and he goes, oh, they kiss yep. first without saying anything, which is not even believable like as acting. I can't imagine that it would be believable as no, cover it was an for anybody. Cover like I totally bought that they were an awkward married couple. <laughs> he goes, "My better half." Yep. And then she says something just vacuous. I don't even know. Eh, it doesn't matter. 
and then they kind of like awkwardly hold hands out of the <laughs> it felt to me like in 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 the fifth grade where you're just learning that you should be dating girls uh-huh and then you're like uh-huh. you pass the note so will you be my girlfriend why and and then she circles why and then you hang out after school and you're just like so what do we do do so I, like, you're my girlfriend. Do I touch you or do what? I, do I just like put my hand on your back? Do I, I guess we both I, got hands. We could touch them together. I didn't have a girlfriend until I was in like my 12th grade of high school. Well, not my, even in 12th grade. So I, you know, I understood what the, what, what the idea was behind it by then. I didn't have to go through that awkward. I don't know what girlfriends are for phase. I, I got to go through the awkward. I have a girlfriend and we're not doing any of that stuff phase, but whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Uh, okay. So there's so, that. That was some terrible dialogue. There was a moment of, ah, that I had when she's on the phone with her dad. And and Bill Paxton's all like, be careful and watch your six. <laughs> and I was like, yay. Uh-huh. All right. Combat father-daughter team. Hooray. <laughs> speaking of speaking of things that are perfunctory in the movie, man, that quote-unquote action sequence in the house, which I think was supposed to be like a big deal, was like uh, really not much of an action sequence at all. No. And then was... Bill Paxton sort of like looking at the shadow of his daughter beating some guy up and sort of like, hmm, I'm not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> anyway, I'm Bill Paxton. Good night. <laughs> Let me ask you a question plot about the plot in this movie because this movie is not like – doesn't seem like it should be super complicated. But literally, can you explain to me because I, I, I cannot tell you. What was the mission that she was on with Michael Fassbender? What was their goal and what were they supposed to be doing in Dublin? Can you tell me that? Because I don't know. Uh, exactly. They were supposed to meet up with Studer, uh-huh. who had. I think they're supposed to kill Studer. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Yeah. No, That's I don't my know. Point. I think. I it was think really, what happened. Really clear. I think what happened is Barcelona happened with Jang. Yeah. And then they found out that Studer was behind it. No. Because she didn't know that Studer had anything to do. No, Bar- because because the whole thing was not that Studer was behind Barcelona. She didn't even know they were related. I, they 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 literally did. Like I was like, okay, I get that she has to go and meet this guy, and they've got something to do. And I don't think they ever said what it is. Yeah, and it's really unclear. And I also don't know why she's super suspicious of him. And is she supposed to be like, I don't know what's going on? There, that whole section of the film felt like they they just felt like very much like well the plot has to get from a to b so we're putting it from a to b and we're going to have these sections that you're supposed to identify because you've seen movies before so you know she's suspicious and she's doing stuff and blah 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 but it's really very unclear as to how and why this has happened yeah i watched this movie again last night that was the third time for me because i wanted to have this this (laughs) plot clear because i can never remember how it goes and then I found something in my liquor cabinet. Oh yeah, right. That I think I you may have may have seen the picture of. Uh huh. And uh, so it it had to be tested. Didn't help, huh? Well, it seemed like in the moment the movie was making all kinds of sense. <laughs> well, it didn't feel that way to me. Now that you're quizzing me, I'm like shit. 
Well, I was literally watching it, and I'm like, normally, I mean, I, I've watched movies with complex plots. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not Johnny. I'm not Johnny. Hey, whisper, whisper, what's going on to me? Because I've lost, lost track. No, I know this plot isn't complicated though. It's it, just, it's just not explained. I think is the problem. They just set out to write in a movie that, like, they said, like, they wrote the first act, and then they're like, okay, these are our characters. Now, turns out. It was Antonio Banderas all along. How do we get there? Turns out. Turns out. And then they just threw stuff. <laughs> you know, okay. Cause in there. I, I, I get that um, the Mallory, I'm never going to remember her name, her act- actress name. Mallory uh, Kane. I guess I get that Mallory is um, is, is, is really good at, at fighting because that's, that's actually her job. She was an MMA fighter and before that she was an American gladiator. All right. Well, and and she's she's pretty. She's so pretty, and I didn't want that to be a thing, but it is. You know, she's uh, really pretty, and that's fine. Um, she she looks like I mean she 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 looks good enough to be in a movie, which is a terrible thing to say, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean here, in, in blah blah blah, not value judgment. Just, she 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 she. When you see her in a movie, you don't go, hmm, that's an interesting casting choice. She's quite plain. You're like, hey, okay, she looks like she can be in a movie. She Fine. certainly knows Charlotte Gainsbourg, but <laughs> I don't know who that is. Um, Melancholia. I haven't seen Melancholia. Antichrist. I, okay, I haven't seen any Lars von Trier movies after Dancer in the Dark. Okay, we should do a Lars von Trier cycle. Yeah, that's that's good, and then we'll see which one of us is still alive at the end. <laughs> it just turns into a von Trier movie, and we both kill each other with axes while crying. Isn't that more of a Michael Haneke sort of ending? Mm, well, well. <laughs> see, there's some intersection there. If the if the acts were clearly delim- delineated with vanity cards. <laughs> then it would be a Lars von Trier movie. It's true. Actually, no. I think for a Michael Haneke movie, I think we'd have to like stare at each other sadly while we axe our, each, ourselves to death. Yeah, yeah. Someone is compelling us to axe ourselves to death. Or, or, or maybe I just like you know axe myself in the chest and run off. And and you you can assume what happened, but you don't really know. The, well, yeah. Well, we would leave that ambiguous. Yeah. Anyway, anyway what the fuck was I saying? Um. That we were, we were talking about Mallory being pretty. Uh, oh, yeah. I know Charlotte Gainsbourg. She's the kind of pretty where I see a lot of movie stars where I'm like, yeah, you're good looking enough to be in a movie. But if I saw you, I would just talk to you like a normal human being. And then I see like girls on the street who are, are just like so pretty. It makes you dumb. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like she's that kind of pretty. I feel like even if I didn't know she was ever in a movie ever. Or was it in an MMA thing? If I just saw her on the street as a human being and she, like, asked me the time of day, I'd be like, uh, I'd, uh, um, it's like two, three quarters to two. I mean, <laughs> it's one fifteen. Can I, do you have a phone? Or do you like, do you like water? <laughs> Can we be friends? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so anyway, my point is that she looks like she can be in a movie. Um, 
that's fine. Um, I think a better movie for her to be in would be a movie where, where her character doesn't have to say very much. And it, people are like, oh, they don't give her a lot of dialogue. But I'm like, yeah, they gave her too much dialogue. Um, <laughs> I, she needs to be in one of those movies like uh, whatever that, that movie was that came out a little while ago where, where they just fight their way through a building. She just needs to be in a movie where like 90% of it is her fighting. Is that the Raid Redemption? That's the one. I haven't I seen that movie. But I anyway, just... it's, it's basically people fighting. It's with just, their little dialogue, and I think that would have been a good uh, that would have been a good choice because mm-hmm. she can she can pull off the and here's the thing for 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 a movie that's based around the idea that we're going to get this lady who really knows how to fight and show her fighting they don't really do it very much not not very often but the stuff she does is fucking crazy yeah but that's I mean that's like maybe five minutes of the running time I know but the Barcelona Sorry. like the Barcelona fight scene where she's tra- she, she chases that guy yeah. which is just. Yeah, but okay, that's not really a, that's a that's not a fight scene. That's mostly just her running. First of all, I'm amazed, and then, and then thirty seconds of her beating the guy up, which I guess is how long that takes. No problem. But. Yeah, I'm amazed that that scene didn't get cut down because it's seriously like a minute and a half of her running through alleyways, I like <laughs> classed up Radiohead jazz music, and then I don't even mind that. I gotta turn the speaker on my phone off. She just runs into the thing. And the, the thing that she does where she runs up on the wall and then, like, grabs his waist yeah. and flips him around and shit, that was that was pretty good. That's great, but I've seen Jackie Chan movies before is the thing. Yeah, but you've uh, never seen a white girl do it. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, but I understand inherently that it's possible. <laughs> it's not like I'm like, whoa. It's wait, not. Uh, wait, they it, can do that? Okay, can I tell you, it's not like, have you ever seen Ong Bak? Yeah. Okay, it's not like him. Like it's not like she she dives through like a, a a spiral of like barbed wire. That was insane. That was insane. I That's the only part of that, that movie I can even freaking remember. Yeah, but that was too. great, and they showed it twice because it was so great, <laughs> and rightly so. It's like you want. I, they might have shown it three times because it's just like seriously, you probably want to see this again. I'm like, you are right. I do want to see that again. It's like repeating the bridge in a pop song. It's yeah. like, that was a really fucking good bridge. Let's give me another one of those. Well, martial arts movies do this as when, or stunt movies, when something really amazing happens that you know the actor really did. They're like, we're going to, we're going to let you see it another time because, because the first time you weren't ready and now you can pay attention. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, and, and it's no Jackie Chan, like, um, parallel parking by doing a skid and police story, but any anyway. dancing, dancing with the ladder. I remember <laughs> I which Jackie one Chan's ever done. <laughs> Well, everything Jackie Chan did before he, you know, I was really into Jackie got Chan by the uh, American movie system. Oh yeah, the tuxedo. Uh, that well, was that was a masterpiece. I was really into Jackie Chan until I was like thirteen, and I think that's when the tuxedo came out. That's a, that's about the right age to be into Jackie Chan. Yeah, roughly. That's that's the that's the age when Jackie Chan seems like really really cool. Um, although my favorite Jackie Chan movie is the first Drunken Master, which is just him doing drunken fighting, which I think is hilarious, and it's not stunt work at all. It's just the fighting stuff, but whatever. You know, I refused to watch the Drunken Master because it had that word in the title, and when I was a kid, I was just like anti-alcohol. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and now I can't you're, make you're... sense of this movie's plot because I found some mystery Russian hooch. <laughs> You know what? In my liquor cabinet last night. I'm going to go back in time, and I'm going to get your younger self, and I'm going to make him confront you a la Cyclops with all the, the horror you've you've wreaked on the world that you never expected. <laughs> I'd be like, shut up, kid. It worked out fine. 
Yeah, well, it, that's the thing. Is that the ter- that's going to end up more like a looper conversation, I think. <laughs> like, you don't know what you're talking about. Except way less cool. Every year I get older, I look back on, on everything that's led me to that point, and I'm like, Jesus, that guy was an idiot. Yeah. I guess that's normal. <laughs> but I think it's also normal for, you know, your young idiot self to meet your, well, not normal, obviously, but uh, in hypothetically to meet your, your older self and just be super disappointed in you. <laughs> Although I like to think that my younger self, if it met myself, would be like, come into my home. Take a look. I'm married. I've got a lovely wife. Look at all these DVDs and games I have. And you'd be like, wow, you're living the dream. I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you about all the stuff you have to go through. But, um, yeah, you're going to have you're going to have a whole bunch of stuff to do. You're, you're going to have fun. You're going to you're going to have wasted your life. <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, my life's not over yet. There you go. Anyway. That's the spirit. Uh, Can we talk about Channing Tatum for a minute? I I guess. I I have, like, um, some kind of... I keep hearing his name, and I don't... Even having seen him in a movie, I don't really recognize what he looks like um actually in this movie was like did they get like another mma guy who wasn't an actor to to play off her in some of these scenes because he seemed about as good an actor as she was channing tatum i have had a long and complicated relationship with channing tatum made his acting debut in a movie called step up which is about maybe it was step up to the streets i can't fucking remember (laughs) wondered i saw it i didn't see whichever one i didn't see anyway some really pretty girl is going to this like dance academy and he's like a janitor that's like every movie about dancers ever made he's like a really good hip-hop dancer he started off in in real life he started off as a male stripper this is save the last dance you're all confused is that what it is no i'm just saying all the same movie that one has he's not a janitor he's a student in that movie that's julia styles movie i love that movie fine this turned out to be a ripoff of that movie. Anyway, the reason I watched it is because this girl I was into wanted to watch it. And then it, there was, like, this other dude there, and I was like, what? Ugh. <sighs> and his name is ridiculous. Let's face it. So. I keep getting confused with Tatum O'Neill. I assume they're not the same. They're for, not. Also, the, Tatum O'Neill's a girl, I think. Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I think that's true. So Channing Tatum... I thought, like, couldn't act, and he was just a hunk of meat. And then he did a couple of things that endeared him to me, and now I, I guess we're fine. But I'm still calling him Shea Butter because his name is ridiculous. Is that that's that's what you want to say about Channing Tatum? Pretty much. Um, he did this movie before he did 21 Jump Street. Oh, okay. And, uh, I haven't seen that either. I recently watched 21 Jump Street again, and it, it was good. It was pretty funny. Okay. And and I never thought he had that kind of sense of humor about himself. And then he was in Magic Mike, which I did not see. Mm. Which is another Soderbergh picture. Yes. Well, because Soderbergh makes roughly three movies a year. Ah, oh, is that how it works? Well, kind of. I mean, he here's what Soderbergh, as far as I can tell, kind of does. He makes, like, something really commercial. And then he makes, like, two things that nobody really wants to see. Oh, yeah. That, that you probably maybe don't even hear about. And huh. then he makes, you know, Ocean's 27 or whatever. I like the Oceans movies. I think they're the only Soderbergh pictures I like. I like the first one, and the second one was um, a really good excuse to get a bunch of talented actors on screen, you know, send them to Italy or wherever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I haven't seen the third one yet. Um, 
I'm sure there's something that Soderbergh did that I really, really. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look him up. Now. A traffic. I, he did traffic. Have I don't like traffic? traffic. I think traffic's kind of that movie, good movie. Fucking blows. Everybody loved that movie in the moment, and I didn't see it for years after it came out. And then I watched it like a couple years ago, and I just hate that movie. The filters. <laughs> well, he loves his. Here's the okay. Let's he talk about filters. Same, let's talk about filters. I want to talk about Soderbergh and filters because I felt like Haywire committed a lot of the same filter sins that Traffic did. But mm, I do. Oh, okay, I'll let you rant, and then I'll and then we'll rebut you. And I don't feel like. Ocean, the Ocean's movies had that problem. Maybe they did, and I just missed it because I was just like, I have such a crush on Clooney. <laughs> I'm a straight man, but damn it. You are a straight man. I am a straight man. Um, what was I saying? I got I got wrapped up you, in you, you were upset about Filters. Oh, yeah. Filters. Oh, The Informant. The Informant's a great movie. Oh, The Informant is really good. Um... Again, no filters in that fucking movie. I, I I think it's all filter. Well, yeah, if it's all one. No, when filter, he made that it's Solaris fine. remake, which was okay, but why why on earth would you make re- remake Solaris? I guess if you wanted to make a straighter version, whatever. I have not seen either version. Anyway, Aaron Brockovich is okay. Um, oh, Out of Sight. Out of Sight is great. That's the one I really like. I haven't seen it. It's really great. Um, Haywire. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. Uses the filters in a coherent fashion. Unlike Traffic, Traffic was just like, oh, this is filtered, that's a different filter. And, and, and I was like, okay, is it, are you assigning different filters to different narratives? No. Are you assigning different filters to different temporality? No. You're just fucking with me with filters. And didn't then, he, didn't he just use like the yellow filter all the time in Mexico to show you were in Mexico? Yeah, it was like San Diego is like a less orange shifted filter yeah. than Mexico. But it was still a really yellow shift. It was, it was it was geographical, man. And then like DC was a really blue shift. But That's, there was a there was a moment. <laughs> no, pretty obvious. A, no, but there's a moment where Mexico like clashes with San Diego or whatever, and it all turns blue. And then someone is driving in Washington, and it turns orange. And I'm like, F- what, fuck you. All right, just, I saw that movie really late at night, and I wasn't paying that close attention. Just fuck off. Not you, Soderbergh. No, I, I know. <laughs> I felt really mean in the moment when I said it. That's cool. Um, no, so I think the filters, um, the filters in Haywire, more or less, just denote ge- geographic locations. So you're like, oh, I'm in a different locale now. I know they're 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 temporal. The, there's a frame narrative. The whole like. Oh yeah, that too. But it's also in a different place. So I. Yeah. It's very blue there. Oh uh, yeah, it's, everything it's everything is blue in the present, and then. It was actually pretty cool the way that they shifted it, but still, I found it jarring to shift back and forth between a blue shift and a, and a yellow shift. Mm. Everything that she's telling the guy in the car happens in yellow space, and everything that's actually happening in the frame narrative of the movie happens in blue space until she meets up at her father's house, and then the sun rises, and everything is kind of regular colored. Yeah. Here's the here, here's the thing about that whole. I'm going to tell you this story in apparently like detail and, and make you repeat it back to me. Um, is that she? You know, if she had like I don't know, uh, kidnapped me in my car uh-huh. and was trying to tell me this, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm never going to remember all this. You can repeat it as many times as you want. I'm going to get so confused. Can't you just like I don't know, write it down <laughs> or call somebody to... and tell them about it? I don't know. I mean, this seems like the worst way to convey information to other people. It's true. And, 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 and I'm not even sure what the point of it was, except to give them excuse for a framing narrative, which, you know, you, you don't really have to 
have an excuse for a framing narrative these days. I don't know. Here's the thing about this movie. That I, here's, the, here's, here's one of the things, all right, is that there's a lot of scenes with, like, you know, high, uh, you know name, name brand actors, if you will. Na- yeah, name brand, good. Yeah, or, the, you know, value added, I guess. <laughs> do, do, you know, dudes who I'm like, oh, hey, it's this dude. Here, here, here's, here's what it is, is that this movie begins and she's, you know, in the woods and she goes into the diner or whatever. And I guess, I guess Channing Tatum shows up, but I didn't know who he was, so I didn't, he, he, he didn't. Twig my, oh, a real actor uh, response. Yeah, she dodges a bullet and fucking beats his head in with a coffee thing. Yeah, anyway, so that happens. There's a sudden sudden action sequence. I'm like, all right, movie. Um, This, you know, this seems like a a pretty, you know, okay, low-budget action movie that can't afford squibs. Um, (laughs) Or whatever. Yeah, you know, you know, you cheap, cheap, cheapy action, action type movies that you might see on the, the MST3K. The uh, they spend all their money on the really sexy looking cameras. <laughs> At any rate, so, so, but it, it, it has this very low budget feel, and then all of a sudden it's like, and cut to three very expensive actors standing in a hallway. Like, <laughs> what? Where'd these guys come from? And it's literally like it almost feels like they took like this other movie that had these actors in it and took like took out the action sequences that were supposed to be in it and substituted their own in. So it's 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 very jarring. Like some of it feels like really low budget and like um like almost like okay like El Mariachi level, if you will. Okay. Right, because it's that kind of El Mariachi has. You know, there's a lot more cutting in it, but it has semi-realistic violence because it couldn't afford not to. Yeah. Uh, and you know, people climbing down stuff and whatnot, and it's 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 sort of similar, but it also doesn't have anybody you've ever heard of in it, <laughs> or at least not at the time. Yeah. This movie feels like you took El Mariachi and then you, um, like, uh, old school Godzilla style, like, stuck Raymond Burr in the middle of it just to make it palatable for other for, for a wider audience. <laughs> I swear to God. But did that <laughs> half a dozen times over. With the same people. With those people. <laughs> and even then, it's almost like a shot reverse shot of her sitting with Antonio Banderas. I'm not sure they were in the same room or in the same cafe. They could have, they could have inserted her. <laughs> so I... I, I, I my, it's possible they did. It's possible they tried to do it that way, and she was just like, but, but, and, uh, "I love you." And they were like, "All right, look, we're just gonna we're just gonna do you as an insert, okay? We can't sit across from him and act. It's not happening." I can't imagine her having that reaction to anybody. Probably not, but I still imagine that it's like when it's you know you've never made a movie before, and all of a sudden you're like sitting across from Antonio Banderas in a Barcelona cafe. Might be a little hard to act your ass off. Can I just say that sexists will be. Uh, uh, I mean, not sexist, sorry. Feminists will be mad at me for the next statement. But the idea of Gina Carano fangirling over anyone is the most adorable thing I can think of. <laughs> Picture her with anime eyes. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> I gotta go. Wait, no. <laughs> go. I'm just I mean, kidding. well, don't, but, but I know what you're gonna do, and don't, don't do it during the podcast. I won't. I All promise. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This movie was. It's not a good movie. I don't know. It's it's not a terrible movie, but it's. I enjoy it a lot more than I know I ought to. It's there, like there's so many things wrong with it. There are so many inconsistencies. The fucking filters, but it's all wrapped up in this veneer of like really sharp picture. Yeah. And really beautifully shot. Oh, I, I wanted to make a note of this. The first AD on this picture. I don't know who that is, but he is. Awesome. The location shots are beautiful. 
in this movie. The principal photography is astounding. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a nice. I mean, it, it looks like somebody made their first film and and called in a lot of favors. Uh, so they got some some real actors to 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 do five minutes of work, uh, and. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and really knew how, had, had been thinking about every, had been thinking about how they were going to make the film look for like years, but hadn't, you know, really done a second pass on the script. And so they're like, oh, and I'm going to have the scene and she's talking to the guy and she's putting away stuff on her shelves and we're going to film it from behind the shelves and keep dropping down when it's going to look fantastic, which it does. Yeah. <laughs> but that scene is like. it's exactly what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, okay. My. The, my wor- uh, my in my opinion the worst line of dialogue in this goddamn movie is when when she uh, calls Michael Fassbender's last dialed number and Ian McGregor picks up and he's like is the divorce final <laughs> and I'm like fuck you Ian McGregor like come on I mean I know it's not a good line but God just God what the hell and that's here's and this is the other the other problem like okay when she was fighting Ma- Michael Fassbender I don't even know if he used a stunt double because it just looked natural it looked fine. When she's fighting Ewan McGregor, the whole time I'm, I'm going like, okay, stunt double, stunt double, stunt double, close up on Ewan McGregor, stunt double, stunt double, stunt double. Because <laughs> I know goddamn well Ewan McGregor's not doing any of that shit. Yeah. Like, you can't even pretend. I'm sorry. I have a lot of respect for Michael Fassbender. He's a fine actor. He is. And I haven't seen him in any of the things that he's really good in, but he's a fine actor. Well, I've what seen it? him in this in, like, X-Men First Class, I think. I haven't yeah. seen any of the stuff he's 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 known for being excellent in. You haven't seen Prometheus? Nope. Or I should really see that before. Yeah. Before someone should. spoils it for me, I'm amazed that it hasn't been spoiled for me yet. Me too. Jesus. <laughs> I, I know there's like something that rolls towards people and some kind of goop. That's like li- literally all I know. <laughs> you get like a working taxonomy of the whole alien species. Well. I should really watch it before someone ruins it for me, I guess. I should also watch the rest of Breaking Bad because yes. people are consistently ruining it for me mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. Um, uh, Bastards, of course, which you've seen. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was in that. Never mind. Right. It's because I don't recognize him. Yeah, he is a new face. And he is. I recognized him in this. I'm like, I think that's Michael Fassbender. He's in a Steve McQueen movie that I have on my DVR that I've been meaning to watch, but it's so dark because it's a Steve McQueen movie. I thought Steve McQueen was dead. No, not that Steve McQueen. The big black English Steve McQueen. <sighs> the director who did um, Hunger. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, because he's in the movie that he made after Hunger about Michael Fassbender being a sex addict. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Carrie Mulligan. Okay. And Debulgan? what's that goddamn movie called? <sighs> Is it something like Bliss or something? I think it's like a one more title. Yeah, it is. Because it's a Steve McQueen movie. I'm getting over a cold just a sec. You okay there, buddy? Yeah, my nose is fine until I start talking. Oh, yeah. Which is exactly what I need to do right now. Okay, I'm, I'm looking this up. What's... Where's my mouse? My computer's really far away from me in this setup. I'm not happy with it. Oh. The desk I'm working with is really deep and two-tiered, but not very wide. 
Oh, okay. And I'm also not wearing my glasses because I find hard to... I don't like the way it pinches with my cans on. <laughs> what? Your cans? Yeah. All right. You got a problem with my cans? No way, man. Steven McQueen. No, not bullet. This is gonna be something that happens. I'm gonna cut it out. Why don't you just Why don't you just look up Michael Fassbender? That's what I'm doing. Oh my god. Apparently, he was also on 300. Oh well. Whatever. The movie's terrible. Don't get me started on, on Zach What's-His-Face. Shame. Shame. I knew it was one word. Oh, yeah. He also plays um, Carl Jung in that Cronenberg movie, A Dangerous Method. I haven't seen that. It's uh, pretty good. I felt like it was made backwards, though. Um, All of its momentum is in the first act. Mm. And then it just kind of, the rest of the movie happens. I feel like I would have used. I think I forgot that movie even happened. It's easy to forget about Cronenberg movies. Well, no, I mean, I just, usually I kept track, but I haven't, um, I'm a pretty, pretty big Cronenberg devotee, but I haven't seen anything he's done since, uh, uh, what's Eastern it? Eastern Primroses. Eastern Promises. Yeah. I was going to say Russian Promises. I'm like, that ain't right. That was good. That was a good one. I should have just uh, looked at my... Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, there it is. Cosmopolis. should have looked at my Cronenberg section. Yeah, I hear mixed things about Cosmopolis. Well, I'm, I've been hearing mixed things about Cronenberg for the last... Well, basically since Eastern Promises. Well, that may be fair. I mean, okay, I didn't really like Spider very much either, but then, then History of Violence turned me around on it. Hmm. I, thought, I, I thought Spider was, was, was nice, but uh, very pointless. So I don't know. I probably need to watch it again, though. A History of Violence was a it was a, just a great little brutish short sour movie. Yeah, I liked it. Well, I've got uh, I've got a book about Cronenberg by uh, by Bill Beard, who you may be familiar with. Uh, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, and I keep uh, wanting to uh, go through Cronenberg stuff from uh, start to finish while uh, reading the uh, chapters uh, in the book uh, as I go because I think that would be the best way to do it. Um, but I don't have a lot of the early ones. It would be like watching Cronenberg movies with Bill Beard. Which would be great. It would be. I or taking a class from him about said things. Yeah. I took Western from him, and mm. it was hilarious. He was curating a Hanukkah festival at Metro City before it right. moved to the Carnot when it was still in the Citadel yeah. uh, during that semester. So I went to see Benny's video with a friend of mine, and <laughs> he gave a little talk on the movie before it happened, and then it happened. And then, uh, like, my, my buddy and I just looked at each other and we were like, uh, I gotta go home. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Benny's video, but that's that's more or less the only correct reaction to seeing any, any Hanukkah movie. Yep. Have you seen him more yet? No. No, I have not. Pigeon farts, though, is my understanding. <laughs> I, had to un- I had to unfollow uh, that, that account. He posts way too much, and it's all the same joke. I know, but... But it was funny. It was funny for, like, two weeks. Oh, I wish it was him. <laughs> that would be... Maybe it is. I, th- so I thought funny. for a while that it was, and I was like... But th- then it, it was just so 
always happening than it, it couldn't be. I kind of, mm, I, I kind of want to, uh, I want to maybe at some point want us to do uh, Cachet because I have a lot of stuff to talk about with that movie, man. I have not seen that one. You haven't seen Cachet? We should, we should, uh, we should put it on the list. We should. There's a, there's a, it's a, it's a Haneke movie. It's probably one of his more accessible movies. I think it's probably one of his most well known anyway. And it's, um, there's a lot of interesting things to say about that film. Hmm. Good. And it'll uh, it'll improve our uh, our highfalutin cred. Yes. We haven't we we've we've been we've been doing too many populist uh, entertainments lately. We gotta we gotta nerd it up some. That's right. I mean we we've been very we gotta, snobby about the populism that we've engaged with. <laughs> next week, Dog Star Man. No. What is that? <sighs> oh God! What's the, it's a, it's an experimental film by. Famous experimental film director who's uh, Stan Brackage. It's his only, uh, or I think only, maybe there's more, feature-length film. And it's entirely non-narrative, and I, I don't want to watch it again. Experimental film should never be feature-length. Agreed. Well, unless that's the point. Yeah, but fuck. <laughs> well, you know, Michael Snow has some pretty long movies. <laughs> I haven't seen any of his work. I've seen some of it. Um, I guess you know one of his films, which is fairly long. I think it, I think there's more than one thing that, ha- that that he does in it. But part of what he does is he just puts a camera on the propeller of a plane and it starts going, you know, slowly and then faster and faster. Um, I think uh, I was I was in my experimental film class uh, at university and uh, the professor. Uh, said that Bill Beard had actually gone and seen this um, fairly lengthy Michael Snow film and uh, described it as, as it was boring, but, uh, you know, you go through boredom and you come out the other end, and there's some very interesting things there. Huh. And I've taken that to heart as a, as a fairly good, uh, fairly good uh, way of uh, seeing, quote-unquote, boring film. And it's like you push through the, the, the boredom and you see if there's anything on the other side. And I'm talking about, like, you know, art film, not just movies that are inherently dull. Yeah, I took that attitude into Mulholland Drive. Well, Mulholland Drive's a roller coaster of entertainment. No, no, well, it's a total fuck around. Yeah, but it's not dull. Well, I found it dull for a little while. mm not me, man. To the point of where I was going to turn it off, probably in the beginning of the second act. Well, and then... Or so. Fuck, there was no reward in that movie. We got to do that movie. Uh, you watch it again. Oh, God. I don't know how you can... Anyway. <laughs> I, you don't like David Lynch as much as I do, but I don't... I want to like him more than you do. Boring is not a word that I can... You, you want to like him more than I like him? So yes. you can be like, ha? Huh? No. Uh, I like David Lynch more than you do. Not so I can be like, ha, huh, just so I can be like, I finally understand this guy who I know is a master, but every time I see his work, I'm just like, why? 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 Here's part of the problem is that if you want to like uh, David Lynch more than I do, you're going to at least have to watch all his movies. Uh. See, the, the fact that you go, uh... Sort of, yeah. I just... I don't know I don't know if this is going to work out for you, bro. It made me think that I, I would have to watch Lost Highway. Lost Highway is also not boring. I started watching it, and I could not handle the Bill Pullman saxophone. <laughs> so I was like, fuck not, this. Not a problem that I had. I, I think I watched American Pie 3 instead. You're the worst person. <laughs> <laughs> don't even know what to say to <laughs> 
Uh, uh, <sighs> it was called American Wedding. You're, yes, I know. I saw, <laughs> saw that in the theater. At any rate, I think I got. I think we had a preview screening of it when I was still working at the movie theater. Oh, you were old enough to see it in the theater. <laughs> I hate you. I'd. Uh, uh, how did I watch that movie the first time? I convinced my long ago best friends and years ago really sister to rent it for us because the guy at the blockbuster wouldn't rent us that movie <laughs> there's literally no content in that movie that's not worth renting it to somebody over does a stifler eat a shit um possibly uh, yeah he does people get and people get pubes in their mouth and stifler accidentally has sex with an old lady in the dark whatever <laughs> Oh, and, and, and Eugene Levy says penis because I guess he was trolling for, for laughs. I don't even... There's not even any... That, by, by today's standards. There's no tits in that movie. No. There's tits in the first one and the second one, but there's no tits in the third one. Are there tits in the second one? I don't remember. Uh, I, think... I remember... Well, it's a, the, the first one has Shannon Elizabeth's tits, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which is but, just a universal yeah, truth. That's that's cool. <laughs> um, we're, we're losing all our female listeners. Let's. Uh... <sighs> no, well, there's. This is not a sexist statement. This is just something that happened in the second I, movie. Guys like boobs. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Um, Can't help. I lost my train of thought. No, they're painting that house, and they think that the women staying in there are lesbians. So oh, they like right. try and right make them do lesbian stuff to each other. I think oh, there's tits yeah, in that scene. They, right, and then they make them do gay stuff with each other. Yeah, which was, I thought it would be funnier than it was. Uh, well, you know, uh, gay panic jokes are never as funny as you hope. That's true. <laughs> Can't argue with you there. Actually, gay panic jokes are only funny, in my opinion... Uh, when 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 then it starts as a gay panic joke and then and then it ends up as a oh we're we're totally into it and it's no longer panic it's like oh you've blown my mind and opened opened the doors to my perception that's not a joke that's a sexual awakening sexual yeah. awakening is not a joke Adam it, well <laughs> I, but <laughs> that in itself is a gay panic joke you mean you didn't laugh during that scene in e to Mama Tambien I thought that was hilarious never saw e Mama to Tambien. E2 Mama Tambien. Well, I e just kind of ruined part of it for you. Or not. I don't know. Some it's guy makes good. out with a guy and then turns out that it's pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's, like the, it's like, quote unquote, the climax of the film. Oh, okay. Are, are you going to watch it or should I just ruin it for you and our listeners who haven't seen, seen it? I, I prefer to have movies ruined out of context where I'm told what's going to happen at the climax, having no idea who the characters are or how it's significant in the it's narrative. like three characters in that movie, so it's not super hard to figure it out. Okay, so like two of them are guys, and then one of them is like... A lady. A mom? <laughs> no. Well, no, she's not a mom, but she's like this older lady that they end up going on a road trip for, for reasons that I, I don't quite recall. And they're both like really into her, and she ends up having sex with both of them unfulfillingly. And then, then one night they're... They're all drunk and they 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 start like having a three way and then she just sort of like guides them towards each other and and and, and steps off and they you know realize what they really wanted and then then they wake up and they they can't deal with it so they just like never see each other again except for like one really awkward uh, time at the end uh, in a cafe which is the last scene of the film. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm not gonna see it. 
Yeah, well, you were never going to see it. Let's face it. I might have. Yeah, I don't think so. you're right. It's got Diego Luna and that other guy in it. Who's Diego Luna? You don't know who Diego Luna is? Maybe. He's 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 one of the the Hispanic actors who was very popular for a while. Whoa. And then that um, oh, who's the guy who's in uh, No Country for Old Men? Oh, Bardem, I think. Yeah, heavier have Bardem. I think it's the two of them. What's the most you've ever lost in a coin toss? I don't think I've ever lost anything in a coin toss that I can recall. I don't toss a lot of coin. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. Motorcycle Diaries. Yeah, Motorcycle Diaries. Am I right? Was it Javier Bardem in that, too? Oh, I'm look it up. This is compelling for everybody. I like to think that the people at home are, like, shouting at us for <laughs> stupid and not knowing things. Like, Shut up. I listen to podcasts. Shut up and talk about things. Shut up and make fun of Haywire some more, guys. I'm like, no, we're we're over halfway. We're we're over the 30 minute mark. We don't have to talk about Haywire anymore. That's how this works. Yeah. Usually we talk about things that are going on uh, in our lives. Gail Garcia. Oh, Gail Garcia Bernal. Yeah, I like him. Guy. Maybe it's not Diego Luna. Then, geez, maybe it's him and Javier Bardem. I'm gonna find out. Compelling. Oh, my ass taking. No, it was Diego Luna. I was totally right. Okay, he was in Casa de Mi Padre, which. Oh yeah, hilarious! I've seen that yet? It's on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Netflix. All of our episodes are brought to you either by Netflix or possibly BitTorrent. <laughs> all of our Netflix, our, all of our, or my personal video collection. I just forgot how to English right there. I just I word saladed all of our Netflix. All all your base are belong to us. Hey, can we talk about speed racers some more? I don't know if I'm done. No. <laughs> we can't talk about speed racer anymore. Fuck that. Can we do like a five-part series? No. Oh, God. Yeah, let's do a Ken Burns <laughs> on speed racer. <laughs> Ken Burns on speed, comma, racer. <laughs> Ken Burns on speed would be insane. He'd probably get a haircut then. <laughs> he's on speed we should we should find him and give him some speed just to see if we can turn that mushroom cut into a faux hawk mushroom cloud cut mushroom cloud cut yeah it just it lifts up a bit i don't oh know. i see yeah kind of like um speed, so it's like boom like kid and play but it's like sculpted in the middle no well my, my no i'm literally just picturing a mushroom cloud of hair oh with like you know like you know what a mushroom cloud looks like, but yeah, yeah, that's what that would be difficult to do. I guess. No, my ex girlfriend used to do that, where she would like just gather all her hair up and then put it in a ponytail, but at the top of her head and the back, instead of the back of her head. Oh. And it kind of looked like a mushroom cloud of hair. It it kind of looked like if Cindy Lou Who. Yeah. Was, you know. I don't know how old she's supposed to be. Fifteen years older. What Cindy Lou Who? How old is Cindy Lou Who supposed to be? She was no more than two. For God's sakes! Oh, all right. Okay. So seventeen years older than Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> okay. So so kind of like 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 uh, Ethel and the uh, new Archies. There's a reference no one's going to get. Yeah, including me. It's okay. The new Archies was a short-lived attempt to uh, make uh, Archie relevant for the go-to 90s oh wait a minute was that the 
Were there mysteries? No. They tried to make Archie and do a Scooby-Doo thing for a while. That was a different thing, I think. Where he worked at the newspaper, the school newspaper, and he solved oh. spooky crimes. No, no, that was a different... No, that's something else. This this is this is earlier on. It was like the nope, Riverdale... No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, I know what you're talking about. That was fun. I like that. I forgot about that just now. I never, I never watched that. That is past my time. Archie is a fascist. What? Yeah. If you... Like, I was raised on Archie comics. Archie himself? Uh, yeah. Hmm. They, they all are. They all play into each other's fascist narrative. They're all... But they work together, isn't... Yeah, but they're all American empirical Imper- fascist archetypes. All right. Did I say empirical? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I'm, I might be asleep right now. I don't know. Imperial. I, I know English, listeners. I'm breaking the fourth wall here and addressing you directly. I know English, and and sometimes I will say words that sound like the words that I mean, but are not the words that I mean. But it doesn't mean that I don't know what word I mean. It just means that I can say a really long sentence that says the word mean in it a lot, and just kind of trail off. This conversation is over. <laughs> No, Archie's a fascist. All right. Um, there is. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I, I went back and read some Archie comics when I was taking a dump at my aunt's house the other day, and of course, like you do, like you do. And I was reading. There's a strip with Jughead, where I don't know. He interacts with some punks. <laughs> but is that the one where Jughead himself becomes a punk? No. Oh, okay. Is that a thing? It, it's a th- okay. A- any any um any popular culture trend that has ever occurred since the since 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 the genesis of Archie Comics has always and will always be folded into Archie Comics in some way. Interesting. If if if, if only for one story. It's 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 like a remora, a pop culture remora. Uh huh. That makes or lamprey. Sense. Lamprey. Uh, Mm. Um, so no he interacts with punks and then I think Archie is like you have to stay away from them they're bad people and then I don't know from like the bushes Jughead observes them a little bit more and then brings Archie along to a punk party maybe this is the one where he becomes a punk anyway he's like they're not bad people they're just misunderstood and they haven't grown up yet that's very, that's very judgmental from a guy who eats his weight in hamburgers every day. But see, he's folded himself into right. the the polo shirt wearing young Republican. He wears a big S on his shirt. Why? I don't know. He also wears a little crown, so I'm not entirely sure how uh, how normative he is. No, I know. I think I think the point of Jughead is to be Archie's Jewish friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is this based on the nose? Yeah. Okay. And the hair color. And wait, wait, wait. Were you saying the crown is like a stealth yarmulke? <laughs> yeah. The, the reason he wears the crown is because there's a yarmulke inside it. Oh, it's all starting to make sense now. Yeah, right? And all the hamburgers are and that's why he says oy vey const. Oh, I can't believe I didn't notice this. Does he say oy vey? No. Oh. Don't be so credulous. I can't help it. I'm in a very credulous space right now. Anyway, so in the new Archies. 
<laughs> He's still a fascist. Archie is. Oh, God damn it! They imply they they, they imply a pre, uh, uh, a. Uh, a, 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 uh, a high school relationship between uh, Mr. Weatherby and, and, and Miss Grundy that never never came to full fruition. There's a lot of tension there. I always thought that was interesting. It's like unsurprising, that, but detracting from my point. I, I like what that brought to the thing. Well, I Archie started. is whitey, and he has no black friends, and he has his he pick does, of the litter over the two. He does, too, have black friends. Yeah, but they are, black friend. they are token. <sighs> You you said he has no black friends. He has a minimum of one black friend, and he, he also has a gay friend. He's a black acquaintance. He does not have a gay. Yes, friend. he does. Kevin Keller, look at the fuck up. Archie comics are actually are, are literally the most the most progressive gay friendly comics around right now, which is weird but true. Kevin Keller has his own series even, and he's super gay, and he got married. To for Christ's sakes, yes. Well, okay. So, screw you and your Archie's a fascist argument. I made a departure with Archie Comics in the early 2000s, and he is gay. Wow. I'm telling you. Archie Comics are the only major comic publisher that I'm aware of that are publishing a uh, comic with a gay main character. Ah, that's not true. Batwoman's gay. But that's like one. Yeah. I don't think... Any of Marvel's characters that headline a series are gay. So, okay. Although Captain Marvel's haircut is pretty butch. He made his first appearance in 2010. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it didn't happen fairly recently. Okay. I'm just saying that they're a lot more progressive than you think. Also, Archie has undergone a change in management, hasn't it, in the last decade? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I'm pretty sure it has. I'm not. I'm not saying that old Archie comics probably aren't uh, culturally normative. I I'm saying until until shockingly recently, they they have not progressed with the times. They've been very Republican in their tone until like 2005. All right, that's fine. And they're very anti-woman. Well, I don't know. There was this one Archie comic where where Betty was talking about all the uh, all the stuff she does to get ready for a day, all the makeup and all the. The, the whatever that she does and it's very it's like several pages of her talking about all these things she does to make herself look pretty and she takes a shower possibly off off camera and she's in a towel and archie like shows up to pick her up except that he's early and she's still in a towel and she's like oh no you saw me with all my stuff on he's like he's like whoa you look amazing you've never looked better you're all radiant like a fresh apple or something like that oh come her, the fuck on he gives her a big kiss and he's like okay well i'll come pick you up later but you look so good and she's all like, what? But I look better with all this crap on my face. What? Now, which, I mean, you know, it didn't enter into continuity or anything, but it's a nice, nice, nice thing for the ladies. The narrative there is that it still <sighs> rests on her looks. And what, she's but, in no way actualized as a woman. Without having to put a bunch of shit on her face. It's still better than nothing. Come on, man. Yeah, it's better than nothing, but it's still not oh. good enough. Whatever. <laughs> You're just mad about everything. Not everything, just Archie Comics. God, stay out of Riverdale. I will. <laughs> Fucking white bread, white picket fence bullshit. Uh, Moose would pound you. I would not like that. No, you would not. And I'm not entirely sure. Also, Reggie is exactly the kind of person in this town that I'm trying to get away from. I would never go to Riverdale. Reggie's supposed to be an asshole. That's, that's like liter- literally his narrative raison d'etre. I understand that, but fuck that guy. Also, Moose. <laughs> if Moose was really to have truck nuts... Let's let's be real here. <laughs> I don't think Moose can get a driver's license. 
I don't think so either because he's legally retarded. And well, also for that reason is stooge for the rest of the characters. Here's the thing is Midge would probably drive him around and he would insist on putting truck nuts on the truck that he made her drive. Him yeah. Around. What's her angle dating a retarded guy? Um, she probably likes to be smarter than the guy she's dating. Uh-huh. So the implication there is that she's not very smart. No, the implication there is that she's a manipulative shrew. Yeah, okay. The other woman in Riverdale. That's... Except for Betty. Yeah, okay. Who's only intermittently <laughs> manipulative shrew. Look, here's the thing is that, that, that nice people don't make for a compelling narrative. Misogyny abounds in Riverdale is what I'm saying. It's everywhere. And this is coming from the guy who just spent like five to ten minutes blubbering over Gina Carano and completely ignoring the fact that she's a intelligent good human just focusing on the fact that she looks like damn girl but here's the thing is that we are designed by nature to be attracted to to the opposite sex and to have our brains shut down because of it and 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 it's you know it's our first reaction to anybody is 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 based on what they look like unless you know we can't see them you know, blind you, you, blind you, people are inherently better than we are. No, blind people aren't inherently better. In fact, they're inherently worse than we are. Why? Because they're physically, you know. No, but I mean, in in terms of of like, there are a lot of mean blind people. Moral normative. No, they don't. They can't judge you by looking at you. No, they judge you by how sexy your voice sounds. I imagine. Well, fine. <laughs> anyway. My point was that, you know, you judge people by, by the information that you have. And there have been, you know, ladies that I have, I've seen who I was like, man, that's a good looking lady. And then they open their mouths and like, and now I'm no longer attracted to you because you're a terrible human being. Oh, I've explained this many times to my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar with the point that you're making. Yeah. And then there are ladies who are, who are, who are good looking and also really smart. And those are, those are the ladies that, you know, that you can't stop thinking about. Even though you're married. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay because you never touch them. I can't believe that there's a gay Archie character. I can't believe that you can't believe that. Why can't you believe that I can't believe that? Well, because you have evidence to prove it. I didn't, I mean, I didn't. Well, obviously I do evidence. believe it, but I, I, I don't want to. <laughs> because it ruined your whole Archie's terrible theory. No. Oh, let go, man. No, it just forces me to add the proviso that Archie is terrible before, I don't know, the late 2000s. Okay, well, maybe you should let it go, dude. Well, I'm, I'm not, like, bombing Archie publication <laughs> offices. I don't, it's nothing I need to let go. It's not baggage I take with me. It sounds pretty baggagey. Well, maybe I have a lot more baggage than I'm willing to admit. Well, maybe you should <laughs> unpack your emotional baggage and put it in your emotional closet. Listen, that would make for a full and messy closet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a professional I'm, I'm going to have another nasal catastrophe here in just a sec. Listen, look, when, when, when you do that and you kind of mute yourself, but I can still hear it, it sounds like somebody scraping peanut butter off of toast. <laughs> I just want you to know. 
I, I debated the first time I did it whether I wanted to mute myself or not. And I don't have an actual mute button. I have a slider. <laughs> okay. But um, I, I just had flashbacks to, to when I was working at sitting next to you and you had that cold. Uh, see, we have to we have to cut this out now. Why? Because we can't we can't say on our podcast where 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 I work. Uh, I'll dub it. All right. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, 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 I have a very, very specific line between work and not work and what goes on the Internet. And I yeah. Understandable. I don't, I don't want to get fired for for stupid reasons. Is basically when right. we were working at the office. Yeah. And and you, <laughs> human beings when they blow their noses, it sounds like human beings blow their noses. When a cartoon character blows his nose, it sounds like a honk. And and when I blow my nose, it sounds like a cartoon character is blowing his nose. Fuck you. <laughs> There's something hilarious about the aerodynamicity dyna- dy- of your your septum. Here's the th- it's not that, it's that I never learned to stifle my, my nose blowing technique. I just I give it I, I blow my nose with my with, with my whole vigor and heart and everything that I have. I leave nothing I leave nothing out. See if I if I if I do that if I lived my life like I blow my nose, I would be president of everything. <laughs> That's going on a t shirt. <laughs> oh fuck that was good um no if i blew my nose as hard as you do like i would blow my eardrums and my eyeballs would start bleeding like i actually do blow my eardrums on a regular basis a problem i have with my ears and my sinuses that when i blow my nose my my ears pop and if i yeah. did it the way that you do it, I would never hear again, and I would be crying blood. Well, you know, not everybody, not everybody's strong enough to to blow their nose my way. That's what I'm saying. Is I, I'm impressed with the pneumatic capacity of your pharynx. Thanks. I guess <laughs> it's the only way I know. It's like, do you ever see signs? Yeah. Okay. You know when. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is talking about uh, being a baseball player, and they, they ask him, you know, how come he never, you know, let the ball go by? And he's like, it just never felt right. That's how I feel about blowing my nose. It just doesn't feel right not to not to give it my all. <laughs> just got to. That's something to be proud of. Do what of. you got to do, man. You just, just put your whole heart into it. Just really commit. <laughs> it's one of the only things I'm good at committing to. <laughs> well, that and long-term, you know, relationships. There you go. And I guess, you know, my job. Um, hmm. All right. Maybe it's really all that matters is blowing your nose and <laughs> your relationship and maintain, keeping a steady job. Yeah. I wish to God I could commit to like any of my um, creative aspirations, but whatever. I just, mean, uh, just stop blowing your nose. <laughs> no, it's obvious that one of them has to go and the other two <laughs> put you in either serious financial or serious emotional trouble. It's entirely possible that maybe what needs to go is is my desire to, um, like, you know, watch all the TV and movies and uh, play all the video games. That, that might be getting in my way a little bit. Mm. I, f- I still feel like and if you dropped your commitment to blowing your nose, you could... I would, I would um, choke to death on my own mucus. Yeah, but it would be a source of uh, creative impetus. <laughs> like, oh, I got to get all this done before I die of mucol... Infarction. Yeah, you're just drowning in phlegm, and then 
you write a killer thing and then you just blow your nose. Oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm glad I used my creative impulse before I blew my nose. Yeah, it's like it's like filming a scene when you really have to pee. <laughs> no great scenes have ever been filmed because somebody really had to pee. Yeah, there's that one scene in Friends. What are you even talking about? <laughs> with Gary Oldman. Joey has a what? An audition with Gary Oldman. Oh, I don't remember this at all. Joey has an audition with Gary Oldman. And he really has to pee. Oh, okay. And oh, maybe I remember he's just doing the pee-pee dance the whole time, like, trying not to go. And it adds a sense of urgency to the scene that that uh, Gary Oldman was not expecting. And Gary Oldman's also directing the picture. Hmm. And, and he's doing this scene with Joey, and he loves it, and Joey gets hired. And that's the movie that he's shooting when he performs the marriage for Ross and Emily... Wherein Ross oh, yeah. says Rachel's name. Right. Okay. Kind of remember this, but I'm surprised that I ever forgot that Gary Oldman was on Friends. Yeah. He I guess it was during too. that I guess it was during that ubiquitous uh, Gary Oldman phase where Gary Oldman was all over the place. That happened before I knew who he was. Mm. I, I, I I remember when uh, uh, when uh, Jerry Lewis was on Mad About You. That was pretty cool. I hate Mad about you. Oh, so do I. But the the episode with Jerry Lewis in it is really good. Not not because of Jerry Lewis, and also because it's Jerry Lewis interacting with um, Stephen Wright. So if you can imagine two oh, comedians, two comedians with the more diametrically opposed comedy stylings, that'd be like putting fantastic. That'd be like I can't even think of what that would be like. I know. It's it's amazing. Jerry, Jerry Jerry Lewis is trying to talk to him, and he's just sort of like looking at him, and he like offers him a cookie. <laughs> he doesn't say anything, so he's like, "You want a?" He's like, "Do you want a cookie? Come on, have a cookie." And he like breaks a piece off, and he like sticks sticks a little piece of it in like one side of his mouth, and then another piece in the other side, and then one in the middle. He's like, "Now chew," and he tries to chew his mouth, and he like Stephen Stephen Rice just standing there, like looking at him, and then he, he turns and looks over at Paul Paul. Uh, Paul Reiser. Reiser. I was going to say Rubens. I'm like, no, that would have been a better show. Uh, <laughs> Paul Reiser. And he's like, does this man even know he's alive? <laughs> and it's like, it's like 30, 45 seconds of comedy gold. That uh, might be worth checking out. Even you should check out that with- like one episode. They're all on. You, you can just find that one. They're all on, on, on Netflix. Helen Hunt. <laughs> I know. I'm, it's, I'm not saying it's a good show. But, okay, here's the thing, is that uh, technically, uh, Mad About You is in Seinfeld continuity. And technically, Friends is in Mad About You continuity, which means Friends is in Seinfeld continuity. And I always thought that they should have done an episode with Friends where, like, one of the girls, probably Phoebe, was dating one of the guys from Seinfeld. And you only see, like, her perspective on, uh, so, like, one-eighth of, like, a full Seinfeld plot. And she, she shows up and she's like, and then all these things happen. And I don't even know why. That would be magnificent. Yeah, that would have been great, wouldn't it? it how, would super- how do you get from Seinfeld to Mad About You? Oh, because uh, it was established that uh, Kramer was actually living in Paul Reiser's old apartment that he was subletting from him. And then there was, an ep- there was an episode of Mad About You where Helen Hunt was like, why are you still subletting this thing? Like, let it go. And so he went over to, like, give the guy who was living there, like, the, the full, full property rights or whatever and turned out to be Kramer. Oh. Which, which connects to those two shows. 
And then, uh, of course, the friends mad about you connection is super obvious. I won't even point it out. You want me to point it out? Yep. Uh, Phoebe's sister on Friends is uh, Ursula, who is the waitress on uh, Mad About You because they're played by the, the same actors. The waitress and, on Mad About You is explicitly um, Ursula Buffet, or she's just played by Lisa Kudrow? Ursula was on Mad About You, and then Friends started, and Lisa Kudrow was on that, and then they established that she had a twin sister, Ursula, and there was actually a... Um, so the porn the, thing was just retconned in by Friends? The what? Porn? Ursula does porn. It's not retconned. It was just they, they, the Mad About You was over, and they took over the character effectively. Uh, she just became Friends. a porn star. Yeah. And there was, uh, there was an episode uh, that, where the cold open was the... Uh, Mad about, uh, the ladies from Mad About You show up at the Central Perk, and Phoebe's there, and they're like, oh, we didn't, you know, oh, hi. And she's like, oh, hi. And they're like, uh, and they, 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 she's like, we didn't know you were here. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm here all the time. Uh, and they're like, okay. And they order, and she's like, okay, that's, we'd like blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, that's nice. And she walks away, and they're like, yep. Oh, it- is that why that joke is funny? Yes, that's why that joke is funny, because they- uh, I never watched enough Mad About You to get that. That's unfortunate. It's not worth watching enough Mad About You to get that. I liked it okay when I was younger, but I think I would hate it now. I think it taught me what a gyro is, and that's about it. I, I think I might have learned that from The Simpsons. Uh, also. Also. Uh, the final episode of Mad About You, uh, which, which showed the future of, the, of, of, of Paul and Jamie, or whatever their names were, mm-hmm. uh, where they split up and then get back together again. Uh, their their daughter in the from the future is played by Janine Garofalo, who I like. Oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, I could see their daughter in, as Janine Garofalo. That seems about right. That's some pretty good casting. I am afraid of Janine, but I like her. Why are you afraid of her? Because she could punch you? Yeah. You ever see The Minus Man? No. Oh, she's in that, and she's really good. I saw Mystery Men. Yeah, she's in that, and she's good, but it's not a good movie. And Mr. Show. She's not in Mr. Show very much. Uh, a little bit, actually. What I'm thinking of is the Ben Stiller show. Yes. Um, everybody. Well, everybody's in Mr. Show a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Uh, everybody, every every, every uh, semi-edgy comedian of that generation was on Mr. Show for at least a minute. Except Marin. I don't know who that is. Mark Marin. Oh, uh, well. But Patton Oswalt. Yeah. And I mean, like, Jack Black, Scott Ackerman, Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah. That guy who does SpongeBob SquarePants' voice. Tom Kenny. Yeah. He's great. He is. He does the voice of the Ice King on uh, Adventure Time. He does. And for the longest time, I thought I had I had no idea what Scott Ackerman looked like, and I thought that Tom Kenny, uh, like, I knew who Tom Kenny was, but I had this weird, like, mental schism where I thought that the guy who looks like Tom Kenny, the, well... Uh, it's tough to explain. Every time I thought of Scott Ackerman, I would see Tom Kenny's face. And then when I would think of Tom Kenny, I'd be like, who the hell? Well, Tom Kenny more or less looks like SpongeBob SquarePants, except without the sponge part. He looks exactly like SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. Like, That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I should really watch the rest of it. I haven't watched all of it yet. I have just caught it sometimes in my life. I am not committed to it at all. I'm very, very slowly watching my way through it. Very slowly. It's just one of those shows that I don't feel like... I never feel... I come home and I feel like, man, I want to watch me like uh, like an hour of Mr. Show. Mm-hmm. It feels like it requires a lot of concentration. It does. Why? 
Probably because it does. Yeah. Okay. It it just does. And it's uh, it's got that really heavy-handed alt comedy '90s feel to it, where yeah, our satire is very important. Pay attention to it. I like it, but I always feel like I always feel like it. Yeah, I'm supposed to think it's funnier than I think it is. Mm-hmm. Even not that I don't enjoy it, not that I don't think it's funny, but I f- feel like I'm supposed to think it's like twice as funny as I actually do. Yeah, because it's because it's such a seminal big deal. And I'm like, it's good, but it's not, you know, it's no kids in the hall. For me, it's it's great to see where Bob Odenkirk and David Cross started out because I appreciate where they are now. Yeah. Well, Bob Odenkirk's great. So is David Cross. Yes, and David Cross. <laughs> <laughs> he knows David Cross is great, but people don't talk about Bob Odenkirk enough, so I'm trying to even it out.